What is the kingdom of God like? Imagine, if you will, that you are a Jewish person of the first century, of first century Palestine waiting for the Messiah to come. And the Messiah, as you understand him and as your entire society understands him, will be the one anointed by God to overthrow the oppressive Roman rule through a decisive military revolt and cleanse the temple from all impurity and evil doing. Temple and battle, the two things the Messiah is going to accomplish. Afterwards, this Messiah will establish God's peace and justice to the Jewish people and their renewed nation. The standard has been set. It's clear. This is what people are looking for. And either side of Jesus in history, you have dozens of would-be Messiah figures. Is this the one? All of whom were expected to win the battle and cleanse the temple, and all of whom <coughs> failed and died terrible deaths, Jesus included, by those standards. Jesus is next in line for this expectation, and he shows up talking about the kingdom of God. Kingdom, we like that, sure. Give us a king. That's a worthy image. But the very next line from his mouth confuses all our expectations. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed someone sows in his field. No one plants mustard seeds in Palestine. It's an invasive weed. The kingdom of God is like planting a bush of Chinese privet in your vegetable garden. Planting Chinese privet anywhere. You don't plant it. You cut it and burn it and poison it and tie a chain around it and try to yank it out with your truck and curse the day it ever came to the American soil. Not only that, to plant mustard in the field would be against Levitical law. One cannot mix plants. It makes the whole field impure. He would have known this. We would have known this. The kingdom of God is like leaven that a baker woman secretly hides in flour. How can this be? The sign of Passover, of God's saving action, was unleavened bread, broken by men, and something done visibly, not hidden. A man finds a treasure in a field. First question might be, what is he doing digging around in other people's fields? And how did the original owner not see it? Did he not have time? to walk his own fields and look around. A merchant running a pearl business find one's, finds one perfect pearl and decides this is it, and he liquidates his pearl warehouse. Everything must go, sells his house and everything he owns just to have this one pearl. No more livelihood, no more retirement, no business for his kids to carry on, but he has his precious Clearly, clearly, we have a problem here. This is not the kingdom of God we grew up expecting to see. The images are all wrong. Kingdoms meant mighty cedars of Lebanon, purity, clear divisions and demarcations, a blazing light we cheer on as it marches into town. Not some small, hidden perfection to order your whole quiet life around. What's the kingdom of God like? 
according to today's gospel, it's all far more wholehearted than we like to hear. There's a disdain for possession or pursuit. The kingdom is full of unsavory outsiders. It's small in ways that make us smaller. It's sharp in ways that puncture overblown egos. It's hidden in ways that elude our common sense. It's subversive in ways that undermine our confident understanding. So what is the kingdom of God like? I have a friend uh, who retired from medicine, and like a good and faithful Christian, he worked at the food pantry once a week and watched food prices rise and the kitchens and shelters only be able to afford so much. Like a good and faithful Christian, he went to a Lenten quiet day for a morning and listened for God. And then he saw it, the kingdom, the field with the treasure. It flashes brightly only for a moment and never demands allegiance. Like one of those rare and unsettling kingdom Christians, he bought the field. He opened a food bank, the sort of place that buys up food at cost through the donations of many and sells it cheaply to the local kitchens and shelters. The more successful of a business he has, the more money he loses. He works secretly, no photo ops, no interactions even with the hungry folks he's helping to feed. He's like a woman secretly working a little leaven into the flour so that all might be fed. The bright field with the flash of treasure, the pearl worth everything we own, these are things we pass by, hurrying on, as R.S. Thomas says, to some receding future or hankering after some imagined past. The parables we encounter are a bit like my first visit to the eye doctor as a third grader. I was nearsighted, but where else, what else could I have known other than what I had been given? I walked out of there with my first pair of glasses, and the whole world had changed. Every blade of grass defined. Each leaf in every tree called for my watchful contemplation. The wheat stalks illuminated in the field like a treasure we all seemed to miss before. The parables give us new lenses. Our faith a blur and jumble of kingly, dignified, magisterial images. But what we thought was the, pro uh, the approach of an army was a poor man trundling along on a smelly donkey. We looked for the sword and we found a cross. And through the lens of Jesus, found that cross to be our own, to take up after him. We looked for the cleansing and purifying day of the Lord and found a grace that catches us all up, the whole creation made new. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, is like a great net that drags along the bottom of the sea and catches up everyone, good and bad, pure and impure, all of us tossed onto the boat together, and not one of us prepared to breathe in the air of the kingdom with gills unaccustomed to its oxygen. We are all in this boat together.